Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to the 15th episode of The Lab. Sitting with us here, as always, Papa Weirig, Brendan Weirig, and Alex Trotter. And with us today we have our third guest, our third interview. We have Dr. David Farwick sitting with us today. He's a physical therapist down from Cincinnati with Mobility Fit. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit today with about uh, the fears of social media and how some influencers have gone about putting out either absolutes or sometimes even misinformation out in training. Uh, you have different athletes or patients coming up and bringing things either from TikTok and Instagram nowadays. So, you know, <laughs> so kind of knowing, you know, um, without, you know, destroying that, uh, you know, relationship you built with that athlete, kind of going and doing your own research into that. But, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this today and kind of maybe even get some feedback later on, but, um, just kind of leading off, we'll kind of give a little bit of background with Dave. Uh, Dave's a double graduate from the university of Dayton. He's a double flyer, uh, went to PT school with Dave. Um, Dave is an avid fitness enthusiast. Uh, he goes to double Dave. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background on you? Yeah, sure. Um, naturally, I think like a lot of us, you know, athletics kind of led us to where we're at. Uh, always wanted to have that higher degree. Naturally, you get hurt playing baseball and uh, you need a competitive outlet. So kind of led me to fitness, strength, conditioning, good positive way to blow off stress. And uh, always wanted to kind of marry myself with athletics, CrossFit community, etc. And have kind of bounced around gym to gym. And, you know, now I make my home at Homegrown Fitness. Shout out to Alex Bookout. Uh, where basically it kind of marries uh, powerlifting with CrossFit, kind of running three-week waves, very similar to like the West Side Conjugate type of deal. That's Boogie, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know him from uh, uh, Sweatshop back yeah. in the day. Yeah, and that's actually where he just kind of defected from, started his own spot. So. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, stuff's going good, and he's got his own community and happy to be a part of it. So before we kind of get into the topic a little bit about today, um, we're going to bring up maybe a few examples and just a few different, uh, you know, Instagram or TikTok pages that have been putting out certain types of information. And um, in regards to social media, with what I've just kind of seen over the last few years, with like the huge increase in the following of like, you know, pages like Squat University or, you know, Kelly Surrett and, you know, the Ready State, which was formerly Mobility Wad. Um, I've seen a lot of different things in regards to there's a lot of absolutes in training where like there's not as much like give and take no one really wants to have a discussion you'll see more of like a well no you're just wrong like and they're trying to defend their platform i get it i mean some of it's a, a an income for them um but at the end of the day if you can't back up the information as well as you probably should and you're just going on absolutes without an actual merit that's where i have a little bit of an issue um for example uh tried reaching out to uh the ready state and mobility wad or whatever it was and uh just wanted to have a conversation with it and he was putting out an absolute about a yeah thanks for the cc there dude yeah <laughs> said, i put dave in there on that one because we yeah. were kind of talking about this beforehand but um put a little mention out there about one of his uh posts and i was talking about it and he just blew up at me instead of actually like having a conversation just instead blew up i mean i'd be willing to talk with him about it in person which would be a lot of fun um but, yeah, not really even a discussion, just more of, like, a immediately you're wrong. Yeah, and I think we do need to, like, paint this with a positive brush, too. Mm -hmm. So these platforms do do a lot of good for people. But, once again, they are kind of integrated to their own system. And, naturally, there's loopholes. There's things you're missing. And, at the end of the day, they are trying to sell a product. And I think that's kind of where you're going to run into these issues. Uh, 
because naturally it takes away from the local clinician, the local strength conditioning coach, and uh, yeah, but yeah, there's going to be a number of examples, just as he said. I mean, even like you go to knees over toes guy, you go to Joel Seedman, you go to uh, John Russin, like a lot of these guys who claim to be within like this kind of strength conditioning rehab space, some of which possibly lacking merit, but yeah, like let's let's just dive into a couple of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I want to see Brandon turn red. Hey, we'll start rambling on, and I'll, uh, I'll, right. I'll put my two cents in. How about that? <laughs> Let's start off with Joel Seidman. So I know he's been kind of the, you could call him like the Instagram strength conditioning pariah in regards to some of the things he puts out. I mean, there's some, don't, don't get me wrong, there's some decent things on there. There was a heat post uh, video the other day that I actually use with my athletes. I mean, it's, he's a, I don't know, but for me it's like you say that this is the only way to do it, but then every time you refer to the the, the literature, it's your own literature, mm-hmm. and that's it. There's nothing else. And yeah. it's your athletes, and it's only your results, and it's only, like, yeah. I need some I need some more. Nice little self-pat in the back there. Peer-reviewed stuff, and just <laughs> yeah. what you came up with. Yes, I was right. See, look. <laughs> I said so. But because I said so. His, uh, I mean, the whole, the... I like the eccentric. I like the isometrics. It's the whole the joint angles, and this, this is the only way to train, and it's the only way it's going to be. And mm-hmm. your feet have to be straight, and everything has to be in a certain degree, and things like that. That's where you kind of start losing me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, the ninety degree joint angles in particular. You know, like it's just limited, basically. Like I've thought about it on the way up driving, possibly to like just hinge joints alone, mm-hmm. right? So like you start to move into like ball and socket joints, and then you naturally kind of lose your. Like penation angles and leverages become less favor or favorable. So, like, yeah, if you want to say like static barbell hold at ninety degrees with your bicep or possibly like your hamstrings or your quads or something, that may be like where you get maximum torque. But you know, you move to somebody like a deadlift, a lot of us have trouble off the floor where we're near that ninety degree angle and uh, our strongest at the top. All right. So once again, universal application towards ninety degree joint angles specifically really kind of loses traction depending on the specific joint we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Then he talks about how that's uh, train this degree angle and it reduces the risk of injury and he trains what? Uh, Heineke, Heineke? Heineke. 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 Where was he at? Where Chris he at Carson. He was on the IR most of the season. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. yeah, you got Chris Carson. Yeah, Walker had a year, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even like in antithesis to that too, like, there, there have been peer-reviewed literature that shows if you squat below 90, your, your ligaments, your tendons, all that stuff tends to strengthen and get thicker when compared to somebody who doesn't. Yeah. So if you want to talk about protection, um, but, you know, I'd even argue these guys get injured on average in degrees lower than 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if you're only squatting two or doing ISOs 290 degrees, well, what happens if you don't have the box, you don't have the spotters? Um, you get stuck in the hole. Like, that's where this stuff becomes problematic. Yeah. Well, max shear forces is at the peak at that degree, isn't it? Pretty close. Like the knee joint, for instance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so higher. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you go to the bottom of the squat, that shear forces is, is less, and then when you come back up, it increases again. But I'd say that doesn't put as much in that perspective shear compressed forces on, let's say, the knee joint in a squat, for, for instance. And it's at its max, and that around that ninety degree angle. Yeah, 
I mean, what, like, why are we classifying these forces as good versus bad? As well, I guess, is the question. Like, your body has to be able to withstand shear um, at any given degree angle or compression yeah. at any given degree angle. So I just find that that's kind of ill-preparing your athletes for injury. Yeah. You're putting a thought in their mind where, like, if I do go below, like, below this, I'm already thinking about, okay, crap, danger zone. So now it's like you're almost teaching your body to take that, like almost look at that as like a, a no-go zone. Yeah. Whereas you need to be able to handle that. Actually, there was a, a new video just put out on, I don't know if you guys have seen like Garage Strength, um, gentleman out in Pennsylvania. He actually was just talking about athletic performance and like sport performance uh, with full, like full range of motion squats. So he's like, he's team full range of motion, which uh, all four. Um, but it's actually a good watch. Good solid listen. Um, I think in terms of like, the way sometimes people phrase and like put things out there, uh, especially when you have a young mind, young athlete, and they come bringing that stuff in there, and they're like, "Well, if I do this, this is terrible for me." How have you guys gone about? Like, I mean, has anyone brought anything to you guys from like you have that in the gym? They're like, they're, "I'm not supposed to do this." Yeah, a lot of it's more for because they're um, strength coach or their gym coaches from like the 1960s, mm-hmm. and that thought process of the 1960s. So mm-hmm. like we got people either squatting or even just doing like a, a real out of it split squat. Man, their knee goes over their toe. They're just instantly shifting back. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's it's safe to go there. Yeah, so it's things safe. like that. Yeah, I, th- I think we get that stuff more from like the surgeon perspective. Same type of like you're saying old school thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. knee should always be in line with toe. Don't go below 90. You're at risk of injury down here, etc. I guess piggybacking on like what Lou said is you guys can kind of confirm or deny this uh, the, the posterior chain hypertrophy seems to be from squatting ass to grass mm-hmm. um, not necessarily the avoidance of mm-hmm. which of it yeah 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 but I wasn't too familiar with one of the guys you brought up Dave uh, the the Russian gentleman <laughs> John, uh, Dr. John Russin yeah give a little bit of background on that I think he's a PT that moved from actual treatment more towards programming um, borderline performance, but like his whole thing is just push-pull, squat hinge. Um, but it's it's kind of a Joel Seedman phenomenon kind of extrapolated forward where he'll, he'll try to do, you know, what's the, like six different variations of a split squat. Well, if you want to get good at split squat, uh, you gotta do the split squat like he just kind of adds complexity to stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be layered in complexity to try to gain following to try to gain I imagine uh, dollars etc but um, once again you look into some of these guys setups and the way they're setting it up with like different bands chains trying to do like overload eccentrics uh, you know kind of putting uh like safety bars backwards and like these pieces and like the programs within themselves are just layered in levels of complexity when you know specificity and simplicity should be considered king it takes you 20 30 minutes to go do a variation of an exercise it's not going to be simple or effective mm-hmm. and i would say that you probably lose traction with people at like the day-to-day level yeah i was looking at this page a little bit today because i never heard of him until yeah. you brought it up so i was kind of started at the at the top and kind of didn't really go too far down because I feel like it was just like you said he was adding things like he was doing like a single leg RDL and adding like just his hand would cross his body and he would talk about like the rotation things like that rotation forces and 
Like, the, the group that we work in, like, yep. getting a person to do a single leg RDL to perfection is a good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let alone you're going to try to start to add some, some rotation forces yeah. to it and then throw right. the bounce off. And I also feel like he was just kind of repeating things that have already been out there just to get, you know, to make yeah. money or to get views. Just reinventing the wheel. Yeah, or, you know, making these broad blanket statements like, you know, you don't have to put a barbell on your back to gain strength and then, like, kind of backing it up with, like, nor is it the most effective. And it's just kind of like, how are we going to, like, dismiss basic movements like squat, bench, dead, power clean that have served as, like, standards for forever and are clearly effective, like you're saying. Like, he's reinventing his own wheel that's going to have injury prevention or you know, increase hypertrophy, strength, et cetera. It's just mm-hmm. kind of bold claims with no evidence or the evidence isn't even the right word, but no support or even case studies to support these claims. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just, just the barbell movement is boring. You know, like right. you, you've, you don't get a sense of uh, satisfaction, I guess. When you do that stuff, yeah, there's no there's no novelty to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean they're they're hard they're hard like in their self when you are approaching ninety five ninety seven hundred hundred five percent. You don't need to always like overload it, you know. And if it's if you're doing these overload movements and there's no carryover to what you are attempting to do in the first place, is you know let's say that you want to build your bench up and you're doing everything but benching. And right. it, you know, you're every time you add a band, it's a layer. Every time you add a chain, it's a layer. Every time you add a board, it's a layer. If you lay on the floor, it's a layer. It's it, there's so many things that you're you're inevitably pushing yourself further from the movement that you want to get good at. Right. So, yeah, that kind of goes back to like the the spheres you were talking about in yeah. previous episodes. Yeah, like you have to be proficient in the movement with the barbell in itself. And then you get the luxury of adding those other things because you've plateaued or because you can you can see that there's a greater weakness in that area. And yeah, I, I feel like people forget that. Or even like on average, it takes somebody X amount of years to perfect said movement, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to go to the, the level of Olympic weightlifting, which you may yeah. never do. But just having a good, solid foundation for just a conventional deadlift versus a sumo deadlift versus a box squat, close like stand squat yep. bench push press overhead press like those things are simple effective and very hard to learn and it takes a lot of control and yeah. patience you'll yep. actually be uh, waves where I'll actually take them movements away from athletes yep. a lot of my runners actually cross country distance runners and even like even kids even a college kid that even has like a, just a huge bilateral shift uh, we'll just do like either heavy rear elevated split squats with like safety bar hand support mm-hmm. or just like two or three heavy rep max on skater squats yeah we'll do that for like three to four weeks and they're like just when can I squat again when can I get back to the barbell yeah. like just itching like, yeah. yeah right I know man I feel you I just <laughs> yeah everybody wants that test retest mm-hmm. but you gotta earn it yeah, yeah. 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 makes sense now kind of breaking away from more of like the strength conditioning aspect of things I think another thing like and like the physical therapy and like rehab setting is when like when people put out that hey this guy got me back in like one day like for example um, squat cool, is, I, I yeah. can do that too but I'm going to lose my license <laughs> so your call <laughs> yeah, squat yeah. you might be the biggest guy for cherry picking people here yeah yeah. Um, do you guys ever seen those like balance bands 
that they sold way back in the day. They would have like these two like reflective stickers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And then the claim was you wear these, it improves your balance. What, <laughs> yeah. what, what would they do? They I would dropped twenty two that game. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me that. <laughs> but the the way they would do it is they would do a test retest, uh, and then the issue was inherently you knew the answer to the test. So like if you do any test to me, I'll just memorize the results. Yeah. And then you can throw this band on me and it doesn't matter what you do, I'll I'll improve. Yeah. yeah. And so like the the biggest piece like with his videos is he'll guide, he'll go in and like show these people in the clinic probably no warm up probably painful so they're going to have a negative result to the test and then anything he does it could just be ride a bike will probably show an improvement on like the test so like he always does the hip external rotation stuff with like the thumb on the table or the uh, dorsiflexion one where you're going to the wall and the simple fact of the matter is the tissue's probably cold. Mm-hmm. And, like, did your intervention actually work, or did you just show them the test and then give them the answer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cherry-pick the setup of the test. I say, and, and athletes. Like, yeah. if, if you're if you're cherry-picking professional athletes, Olympic weightlifters that are, you know, national or uh, beyond Olympic level, they, they probably don't need much correcting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, like, his core bracing stuff might work just because they're a little bit inhibited or you know pick whatever you want terminology here but if you just have them do something small it's going to carry over because I already have the basics down to a T and they've mastered it so it doesn't require this huge six to eight week shift in strength it's just well are you actually putting air in the correct place Mm -hmm. then you can reduce back pain simply by doing that Mm -hmm. you must wonder like how much of that is like a placebo had in their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got this guy who's fixed all these people and now he's working with me and yeah. makes these one little thing and came. Yeah. I'm kind of in there. Because that's the same thing with, with a, a grad student when I was in college. He was uh, testing the new Gatorade. And, yeah. Uh, when there we did our, our sprints on the, the curve mm-hmm. without the drink. Come back in a couple weeks later, do it with this drink. And it was uh, just to see if like the power output was higher. And it was just amino energy drink as all was yeah right every time the peak was was higher they tested your took your blood sample to see if it was close things like that and then yeah, it's like did a big placebo yeah it's intervention versus no intervention if you know something's getting done to you yeah you, you think it's going to help you yeah mine is a powerful thing mm-hmm. yeah and it, and it does work mm-hmm. but it's just bringing the, the light to this like so even if this guy thinks he's getting caffeine and electrolytes it could just be water mm-hmm. yeah naturally his power output's just going to go through the roof relative to where it was if you perceive that you need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the big takeaway from like today's episode, guys, is that, you know, don't don't take everything on a video at face value. You know, if someone had a test retest, great. Like, there's no cookie cutter fix for everybody. You know, everyone's specific. Uh, they're going to need maybe something different than, like, let's say, like, I work with Brandon, I work with Prodder. I might do something completely different, but they might be both be having hip pain. So, like, they're going to need different exercises or different applications, different cues. Like, there's no one one size fits all, uh, both for exercises, manuals, like, different things. Uh, and I think sometimes just having, like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So don't be afraid to ask a question. But at the same time, you know, if you find something, bring it in, talk about it. Make sure it's not just you take it at face value and just let the word of the person just because they have, like, you know, well, I don't know, 46K, that, like, followers. 
Yeah. Um, it means nothing. You can buy your followers. Thank you. Yeah. So and, and a lot of them are doing this stuff without assessment, which is an inherent issue. Yeah. Right. So you, sure. you can't just do blind exercise prescription or uh, you know, at least yeah. squat. You does show he has an initial assessment and then retests so at a minimum. It's more effective than somebody who's just blindly writing programming. Yeah. Uh, or they'll look at it from like one video angle. Right. But then like you see like we've all been like doing it. We're, we're walking around like 360 as you do every rep because we're looking at different things. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. Or like I'll call Brandon over all the time be like, hey, watch this one for me. Like I'm missing something. I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like. Yep. And you need people in your life like that. And also, it, it does help the power of accountability. Yeah. Like, I mean, whenever you want to go online with something, it can be perfect. It can be perfect for you, but if you don't have somebody around you, uh, doesn't mean that you're going to be compliant to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, people hold you accountable. You actually get to hit the minimum, like, dose response of it. Like, uh, like from our angle, we, we barely get to hit the minimum of it. So, like, a perfect plan kind of goes, let's say four to six to eight weeks you get to start to make strength gains then we would hand them off to somebody like you where you can actually get them on a full compliance plan mm-hmm. yep and that kind of goes back to like why it's so nice to have everything up here because I mean I can it's not like I just lose my patient I can literally come over here and follow them and see how they're continuing to progress with you guys which is nice yep um, and if there's any setbacks or they're ahead of schedule we all can reassess it mm-hmm at the end of the day, it's it's for the athlete. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's a team. We get them back together, get them moving. But, uh, no, guys, we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We hope you guys take uh, more consideration to when you guys go about following certain influencers out on, you know, Facebook, uh, your Instagram, Twitter. You know, don't take everything at face value. If you aren't sure on something, but you'd say, hey, it worked for this person. Well, that's great for that person. You know, you're different. Um, but if you guys have any questions about today's episode, you know, reach out, let us know. Uh, Dave, thanks again for coming on and talking with us yeah, again. Thanks for having uh, me. Hope you enjoyed, you know, getting to come up here and see everything and uh, get a chance to meet these two. Um, but we'll see you guys next time.